Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple months, you've heard all about the Game Time app and how it can save you some serious cash on last-minute tickets to sports, concerts, all types of shows. I actually used the Game Time app while in Boston. So my flight got in around like 6.15, got to my hotel around 6.55. I, was, I just kept looking on the Game Time app to see how the Celtics-Pistons tickets were doing. I saw a random $20 ticket just down there. So I'm like, all right, picked up, dropped my bags, went over to the garden. Pretty cool experience seeing that that place for the first time. But the point is, Game Time did a nice job of giving me the lowest prices. So now Game Time is hooking you up for the holidays with a $10 credit. Here's what to do. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on the My Tickets section of the app, create an account, then under the billing section, redeem code The Athletic. Once again, that's The Athletic, all one word for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money, people. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem code, the code, I should say, and it expires at the end of the year. That's December 31st, 2019. So time's running out. Make moves quick and score last minute tickets. Well, the Buffalo Bills certainly made it interesting right down until the bitter end, although it uh, did not end up going their way, much like many of the previous instances we've had of Bills v. Patriots late in the season. Although this one was quite a bit closer and one where the Bills definitely contended right down to the end, even after surviving an initial shot from the Patriots where it looked like it's going to be pretty easy pickings for them. Uh, the Bills stepped it up, but not enough as they fall 24 to 17. Their record drops down to 10 and 5 on the season. The loss officially locks them into the fifth seed, uh, and they will be playing on the road wild card weekend, probably in Houston, unless unless Kansas City collapses. So there's the date, and it gives the Bills an opportunity to rest their starters in week 17 at home against the Jets. What's going on, everybody? Joe Biscaglia here. Thank you for listening to The Buffalo Beat. Uh, with me, as always, my co-host, Matthew Fairburn. Um, we appreciate you listening, however you're doing it, whether it's on the Athletic Podcast Network or any on any of the free avenues. If you're doing it on the latter, please be sure to rate, subscribe, and review to the show because it does help us. So help us help you. All right, Matthew, this game was one where we both picked the Patriots to win. We were called downers a little bit, but we also expected a pretty close game, which it was. And while you can focus on the positives if you want, and I'm sure we'll, we'll see both sides of it, it's also kind of a, a sign that maybe this team just isn't quite there yet, which is kind of what we've always been saying with how 2020 was the year that they wanted to make the jump. And they've always hung with those Super Bowl contenders, and those that don't think the Patriots are are a Super Bowl contender this year, sadly mistaken with the the effort that they just put out against a really good Bills defense. But when you have them falling short against the likes of the Ravens and the Patriots, it's kind of symbolic that, okay, they're not quite there yet, but they're getting closer. It's just not there yet. And so 
I don't think that should be that should be a frustrating factor for Bills fans, but I'm sure it is for people because they clinched the playoffs so quickly this season. Yeah, I think probably what's going to frustrate people about this game is that not only did the Bills come up short because of some things they did, you know, self-inflicted, not necessarily uh, playing their their sharpest game at Gillette Stadium, but the more frustrating, you know, factor here if you're a Bills fan is that the Patriots did not look bad. And for the last couple of months on offense, they haven't looked great. And today they had some things figured out in the running game. They ran for 143 yards, I believe it was. They got Rex Burkhead involved to the tune of 97 total yards and a touchdown. Julian Edelman made a few big plays. It's not the same explosive offense that we've seen over the years, but they came to life against a a really good Bills defense. So... That's, you know, a little bit a little bit troubling. Now they get to, you know, they'll have to probably play a little bit against Miami because of the starters to try to hold off the Chiefs and, and make sure they get their, you know, number two seed. But it was one of those games where, like you said, I think there's a, a clear sign that the, the Bills aren't quite ready to knock off these types of teams mm-hmm. and they've played what would you say two super bowl contenders yeah is there I mean, a third i'm not missing? Seeing, i mean I'm well, not three seeing, games against super bowl contenders because the patriots twice i mean unless you think the eagles the or the cowboys are which i don't which no I, I would probably say not and you know that level of defense gives them some trouble and i i think there were moments today where it looked like the Bills were ready to... I don't know. It was a weird vibe coming into this game that everybody seemed to think... Not everybody, but it was almost seemed like the majority of people were ready to say the Bills were going to beat the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And listening to the vibe around New England, sports talk radio, and everything else, it was like, this is a disappointing Patriots team. This is Brady's... you know. They're talking about the secession plan, uh, you know, moving on from Brady, um, talking about how the, the Bills are, you know, ready to take over the division here. They're on the rise. The Patriots are on the decline. And then this game was every other game we've seen the Patriots play against the Bills and Sean McDermott, for the most part. More entertaining game. Yeah. I think the Bills punched back a little bit more than they have oh, in most games. Um, namely those two deep throws from Josh Allen that really uh, sparked this Bills offense. But still, a game that the Patriots did what the Patriots do and and came away with a win. So, I don't know. It was probably a bit premature, as it always is, to say that the Patriots are done, to say that Tom Brady's (laughs) done. It happens every year, which is the, the most fascinating part. It is this time of year every single year where it's like oh well it looks like they've lost their luster a little bit and then here they are and then tom brady goes what did he go i think he was 26 of 33 for 270 at one point what did he finish yeah 26 for 33 271 and a touchdown rex oh. burkhead had 97 yards the burkhead uh, combined in a touchdown sony michelle ran for 96 yards julian edelman had five for 72 not a splashy offensive game from them but the best Brady's looked in a little while here. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think, you know, like you said, it was, it's every year 
people are ready to write off the Patriots, and every year they find a way to show that that is a little bit premature. And we're talking about a 12-3 and football team now. They were 11-3 and coming into this game, and that was viewed as as a disappointment to some the way that they were playing but they were still 12 they were still 11 and 3 now 12 and 3 so not only was the the downfall of the patriots you know in that talk a little bit premature i think it's a little bit premature to be crowning this bills team yeah as as completely and utterly changed for the better permanently because as we've seen in the nfl there is you know no two weeks are alike very much a week-to-week matchup league, as we talk about quite a bit. And no two seasons uh, are exactly alike. So these opportunities that are in front of you when you've got a hot team, a team that's playing well together, you want to uh, you know, take advantage of those. And they've come up just short, which is probably just the team that they are. And like you know, we've kind of said, they're building towards 2020. I don't know that this is the type of team built for a long playoff run, but it's still one that can win a playoff game. Not much has changed since we started talking about the playoffs in, man, it was probably when they were, what, four or five and one. And we were saying that this is a team that will probably be able to hang with anybody, might be able to steal a playoff game, but expecting a deep run when you have an offense that is as streaky as the Bills is and – the streakiness was on display today, by the way. Bad. I mean, at one point of the first half, which was, oh, by the way, with under two minutes to play in the first half, the Bills, or Josh Allen, had all of... 28 yards before that, no, before that throw. He had all of 19 yards passing at, at that point before that drive even started. And then he had a long run. I think it was for 16 yards that got him up to 18 yards. So he almost had as many rushing yards to passing yards before he hit that long throw to Dawson Knox. He hit that nine-yarder to Cole Beasley right before that. So he had more yards on that Dawson Knox throw than he had to that point in the entire first half. Seemingly out of nowhere it happened. But to his credit, it kind of woke them up a little bit. But the the part of this is, which is the, the bigger scope of this, if this is a contending team, which they're a wild card contender. They could get into the second weekend, but what's leaving them behind is this overall inconsistency on offense. And the fact that they were a no show for 29, 28 and a half minutes of the first half. And then they finally wake up, they tie the game. And the only reason they were still in the game was because the defense was was playing their butts off as well. Again, like they always do. So it's it's just very stark based on what we've seen this team be, who they can beat, who they have proven that they cannot beat, at least not to this point, and where they are in the grand scheme. I you know, there there is a lot a lot of positives to take away from this. Josh Allen's response, clutch throws, all of those are good things. But they also pissed away a hell of an opportunity early in the game where they should have put it in for a, for a touchdown. Uh, but then they got conservative after the Rex Burke had turnover, and they only come away with a field goal. Not saying that that's going to completely change the game, but hell, four more points would have been great because 
maybe you only need a field goal at the end of the game as opposed to needing a touchdown. Well, so, he, Josh Allen missed that throw to Dawson right? Knox, and at the end of the game, he missed another one. And those are those are the difference. I mean, when you look at, I think when you walk away from this game, if you watch this game, you probably thought, man, that is an extremely encouraging Josh Allen performance, which volatile, but but encouraging. Super, but but I don't know. I'd say that would be your general first impression, but I don't know if that's actually the case when yeah. you dig a little bit deeper. Because yes, he hit the two deep balls, which. Give you some reason to think, okay, maybe he's starting to figure that out because he's now, the last two weeks, been able to hit on those deeper throws on occasion. He hit one to John Brown last week, hit two this week, one against the Cowboys. So he's up to four total on the season. Still not, still very much near the bottom of the league, but hitting two in this game changed the offense for them entirely. Flipped the field. Those are the plays that can take you to the next level. And yet, hitting those, you know, some some of the things that they had go right, you know, those big plays where you would think if Josh Allen throws a 50-yard touchdown, if Josh Allen makes that throw to Dawson Knox, if Josh Allen's throwing t- a touchdown to Deion Dawkins, they're going to have a, a pretty strong chance to win this game. He finished 13 for 26 for 208 and two touchdowns. Still all over the map and some of the drives were just not good and and some of the the ways that he was handling what he was seeing or you know hanging in the pocket too long taking too much you know taking sacks there's still so much variance uh at times with his play and it's affecting the entire offense in a game where you had a busted coverage that led to that 53 yard touchdown it was a hell of a throw though an amazing throw but you get the you rarely even have the opportunity to make those types of right. throws against this defense. He got the window and he and he nailed it, but it's the the extreme swings that are still there. And yes, he's in his second year, and and yes, uh, still arrow pointing up. But when you talk about the now, the idea that they're ready to overthrow the Patriots and they're ready to go and, and make this deep run, those swings make it really hard to to count on this offense in, in big spots. Case in point of those swings right here. They go up after that 53-yard touchdown to John Brown. It looks like they have everything going for them at that point. Their next two drives, three and out, three and out. Allow the Patriots three drives to get their stuff together. And they did because that's what Tom Brady will do. I mean, you can't give him that many opportunities and to just give your defense pretty much zero time to to get themselves ready to go for for the next time they're out on the field that i mean at least put together some semblance of drive and on one of those three and outs he took a a six yard sack on a second and nine that set him at third and 15 and it's like all right well they're not going to convert this because that's where the patriots start to prey on on a team um so that and look, the Patriots have one of the best defenses in the entire league. There is no doubt about that. They went into this game knowing that it was going to be a tough, tough sledding for them, and it was, especially in the first half. No one is debating that, and the fact that Allen was able to actually complete some bigger throws, some more high impact plays is an encouraging sign against a good opponent. A lot the same a lot in the same way it was against Baltimore when he hit some of those those bigger passes. But the difference between 
the Bills winning this game and the Bills losing this game, do not put it on the defense. I mean, could they have stopped the, could they have made a few more tackles in the open field? Sure. Could they have stopped, limited the running game a little bit more? Sure. But that's still a talented Patriots offense led by a, one of the best quarterbacks to ever do it that still has plenty of game left, even though everyone wanted to crown him otherwise. But where they ultimately fell short in this game was at the difference at quarterback. There's, there's no real way around that to me. And you just can't go missing for that many periods of the game and expect to consistently be a winner against a contending team. They, the defense probably played well enough for them to to come away with a win today. I mean, 24 points is a bit more than their average, but the Bills also scored more than the Patriots were giving up too. So there were plays to be had there. And like you pointed out, those two misfires to Knox, they were all there for the taking. The God, the people got on me after that, that first miss to Dawson Knox where they had to settle for a field goal. They're like, Oh, relax. Plenty of game to go. You can't. You can't think that way against this Patriots team. The way that their defense is set up. Or at any point. When you're that far down the field, you have to come away with a touchdown. When you're playing in important games late in the season and playoff games or, you know, this was essentially that type of atmosphere. You can't be okay with with letting four points like that, uh, you know, slip through. And, And that's... I was pretty impressed with with Brady today, uh, and he, he hasn't been great this year, and you know, hasn't been easy to watch at times. The just a kind of a painful offense to watch sometimes. The way that they've played and uh, the way that he's played just has been they've been sluggish. But today he was he was sharp, and they got the screen game going. He made some of those key throws, you know, into the intermediate areas, into some tight windows, and. It was enough to keep that offense on schedule. And, and look, the fact that, to your point about the defense, the fact that the Bills were tied 10-10 to going into halftime is kind of ridiculous in this game. The Patriots had 25 offensive plays to 14 for the Bills. Uh, you know, they were... The, the time of possession was way out of whack. Uh, it was... Amazing that the defense had anything left in the second half. And I don't think it was, you know, a perfect game from the defense by any means. But the what they did in the first half to, to give this team a chance was impressive. And you can't have as many three and outs or, you know, short time of possession drives mm. as the Bills offense did. It's just too... The swings are too much, uh, and, it, and the consistency is still not there for this offense. And frankly, it's not going to magically appear. What about this? After the 17-play drive that got that got New England a field goal, I believe the Bills went three Bills and went out. three and out and held the ball for 17 seconds. Oh, it didn't end up mattering because the defense wound up getting a stop. Um, defense got a stop, and I believe the next drive was the Bills uh, yeah. pulling off that pulling that touchdown out at the end of the half, which. You know, certainly gave them a boost heading into halftime, but to come mm-hmm. out of that half tied ten to ten was a minor miracle. Uh, mm-hmm. The way that they were playing on the offensive side of the ball, so you you play that way and you have those types of swings. Eventually, it's going to catch up to you, and uh, you know you can you can add all the qualifiers to it that you want. That 
you know, Josh Allen's only in his second year or, you know, this team, you know, has a lot of new pieces on offense or this is a great defense or, you know, whatever. But at some point, if you want to sit there and, you know, clinch the – if you want to talk about being a team that's going to make a run into the playoffs, then you have to have a higher bar, a higher standard. And I think they're at the point where they shouldn't be coming into New England – and being okay with, uh, you know, seven-point loss, hung tight with them. Uh, tough team, you know, to beat. Yeah, it's a tough team to beat, but they were beatable. And they were beatable today. And this is a team that's, for all intents and purposes, people are talking about the arrows pointing down on New England. They're hanging to life uh, on this, hanging on to dear, for dear life to this dynasty and the Bills are going the other way. And so this was a chance to to feel what it would be like to, to dethrone them. And it felt like a missed opportunity because of uh, you know, some of the some of the plays that were left out there. Yeah, it really did. And that I think that's what is going to stick with this team more than anything. Um, they, Not that this game super, super matters a tremendous amount either. No, because odds are New England would have gone right here in this building next weekend and beaten Miami to assure that they at least got the AFC East division crown. But now they still are at least the, uh, in the conversation for home field advantage. And, uh, but more, more than likely being the number two seed and getting a first round bye as long as they handle their business against um, Miami next weekend. So it's, Disappointing for sure. I know for a lot of you, it, there are some high expectations based on what the Bills had done in the previous games. Um, the the whole notion of um, beating the Cowboys the way that they did on Thanksgiving still super impressive. The way that they played the Ravens, specifically defensively, still really impressive. Going to Pittsburgh, winning that game, even though they're going up against Duck Hodges, still really impressive. So you you absolutely should not and. You can't take that away from this Bills team. They deserve credit for that. But you can also acknowledge that they're still at least a few steps away. And that's not the worst thing in the world. You got to start somewhere. And making it to the playoffs and being a contender to win a playoff game is a great step forward. A great step in the right direction, especially to change the entire scope of what people expect of your franchise. So those are good things. But just you need to you need to it's very simple. You need to make the plays in order to win these types of games. And it showed that the Bills are not quite a bit lacking, but a little bit lacking in that area. And I think one of one of the most frustrating parts down the stretch of that game, because that final drive of the Bills offense, it was great up until the end. Like they were getting First down after first down. Um, Allen had that one ridiculous 25-yard throw to, to Cole Beasley where he didn't even have his feet set. Like It was all great. It set him up at the 8-yard line. And then, aye, aye, aye. I, look, I, I have probably been as supportive of Brian Dable and what he's done with this, um, with this offense as anybody. But what in the heck... Were they thinking putting Andre Roberts out there in that situation, especially in first down? Because when Roberts 
is out there, the first thing that gets signaled to a team is, all right, it's probably going to be a run play. And there have been multiple examples of this year. And all you have to do is go and watch the film anytime. And there's not a lot of Andre Roberts tape out there because he's not out there a ton. The one, I guess, play that was on tape that kind of maybe shed some discourse into the situation was the um, reverse throwback touchdown to Devin Singletary from John Brown. He was out there for that play. But mostly, he's out there as a run blocker. And when you see him lined up to that side, odds are you're probably going to be blocking out wide or he's going to be trying to block out wide. So the Patriots knew what it was coming, whether it be Singletary or Josh Allen. They stopped it, puts him in a second and goal from the nine, puts him in a, another negative spot. It, I think that was the Dawson Knox play, right? Second down? It was either second yes. or down. Do, doesn't matter. Um, but then... Fourth down, how are you not expecting the Patriots to send the house at you? You literally have tape of this where they send, you, send the house at you in those adverse situations. You face the same thing against the Ravens when you had the ball down the stretch with a chance to compete for the win. And that's what the Ravens did. And the Bills basically crumbled in in that capacity so they should have expected things Allen maybe needed to anticipate it a little bit better they also left a timeout on the board which should have been frustrating especially if you saw uh telltale signs that maybe they are going to send the house at you maybe just recollect yourself I just thought those last four plays outside of the the play to Knox that was a good one because it was open obviously but Three of those four plays just left a lot to be desired for me. And uh, that they, they deserve to lose because they, they couldn't take advantage of a clearest day opportunity from fewer than 10 yards out. Yeah, when you're eight yards away from tying up a game, that's what will separate. You know, We've seen these situations where they've been able to pull out these games uh, late. And today it was sort of on the other, on the other foot a little bit because – you know the Patriots' offense had the key drive, and and the Bills needed to answer. And it was a drive that felt like they were going to answer at some point, and the throw just wasn't there. And that's tough because we might be having a different conversation if he can hit that throw or the mm-hmm. throw in the in the first quarter. But missing those uh, doesn't erase what what he did on those other two great throws. But it it certainly leaves a, a sour taste in the mouth of Bills fans when they're thinking about what could have been or, you know, anything like that. So do they have a chance to, to beat the Houston Texans? I think they do if, yeah. they're, if they're playing like this. But the way the offense is so volatile and has been so up and down basically since the Dallas game. And, yeah, they played three really good defenses in Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and New England. But man, it's uh, it's tough to to know what you're going to get out of that group. I want to get into that um, the potential playoff discussion in just a second. But first, picture this: you're home from work after a long day and definitely aren't in the mood to cook. But you're sick of microwaved leftovers and frozen pizza. I can picture that. Yeah, the solution: enter DoorDash, restaurant quality food. With a living room dress code, ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you 
wherever you are with door-to-door delivery in all 50 states in Canada. Order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory. No need to leave the house. Binge another show. There are some good ones out there. And let the food come to you. And let's say you're in the mood for some local pizza or wings, as Buffalo is known for. I mean, you hop on that DoorDash app. So right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of 15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code BUFFALO. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code BUFFALO. Don't forget, if you didn't hear me the first couple of times, that's promo code BUFFALO for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. All right, so the, the playoff discussion is an intriguing one because I think we're all of the same mindset that it's probably going to be Houston. I mean, just for just to throw all scenarios out there, if Houston were to defeat Tennessee next weekend and Kansas City loses either one of their games... Houston takes over the three seed. I did not know that until right now. So if I'm in mean, Kansas city has the bears left, which is probably a win, but that's could not, be a loss. A, not a pushover. Yep. Team. They have the bears on the road and home against the chargers. So, I mean, conceivably they could lose one of those two games. Uh, odds are they will play to try and take on Tennessee or Pittsburgh for that, for the, in the, first wild card game if they cannot get to the the bye week and they'll also be playing for the bye week so they, they've, they've got a, a lot to play for here so it, it's not the expectation is that they go 2-0 and the rest of the way but you can never rule it out so it could be the Chiefs I I think I, I date back to our discussion on one of the subscriber pods about playoff teams that would work well for the Bills and I do not think the Chiefs would work well for the Bills, but I do think the Texans probably would. And just because I think the way that the the Texans are kind of set up, there is more of a volatility on their offense, which, which leads me to think that there is more room for the Bills to be volatile themselves on offense and stay within the game, whereas Kansas City... I mean, going even going up against good defenses can rack up a lot of points in a hurry. So that's that's a little bit frightening from that respect. But we'll get more into the matchups once once we know more. But this is a Bills team that should. I mean, they've they've played every single team on their schedule at least tough. If Philadelphia was the one that kind of got away from them, but Cleveland was close. New England both times was very close. Uh, Baltimore was close. Heck, even Philly for a good portion of the game was close until they kind of pulled away late. So this is not a team that just walks in and gets blown out. They're going to be in games the way the defense plays. And now the defense was a little suspect in this game, I think. Um, I still think they did enough against a Patriots team that was clearly motivated and clearly doing things very well today um they even they got some they got some clutch stops especially early on in the second half and and gave they forced a turnover they gave the bills offense plenty of time to really grab hold of this game after they initially took the lead but uh 
But yeah, I think this what is going to linger in people's minds with the defense from the game was the fact that they couldn't stop the run with Sony Michelle and Rex Burke or Burkehead, and they couldn't tackle in the open field against. And that w- that should that was always likely to be the game plan for the Patriots heading into this game because those are the two areas that the Bills' defense has struggled with. So what do you do? You make them prove that they aren't going to struggle with it, and you know they they did okay. It just wasn't up to their standards. So they're they're probably going to be ticked off. I know Taron Johnson was a bit dejected after the game, after Edelman kind of did what he did in the first half. Uh, so it, it's I, I think we're going to see a fairly motivated defense to get back on the horse here. And, and it, we might not see them in totality against the Jets, but um, for in time for the playoff game to get that edge back that maybe they were missing today. Yeah, I think... What's interesting is, you know, the defense, their body of work, or you know, I think speaks for itself in a lot of ways. They, they've, I think it was another good enough effort today. Not their, not their best game, but should have been enough to get a win, uh, given the plays that were out there for the offense to make. But what's interesting is I don't know that we have a. I'm trying to think of an offense that they've played during the regular season that provides sort of a thumbnail sketch for the matchup they're going to see in the playoffs because it's either the Chiefs or the Texans at this point. And who have they seen that has that type of speed on the outside and that type of vertical passing game that the Chiefs and Texans do? For the most part, you'd say you'd match the Bills secondary up against anybody and count on them to be able to limit any quarterback. And I would say that's true for the most part, but the receivers that they'll see in either Kansas City or Houston are no joke. And there's not really too many teams that have the vertical passing games that the Chiefs and the Texans do. Not in this conference, at least. And so... That's a bit of a different matchup, and unless there's one, unless there's a game that's escaping me here, uh, I can't think of a team they've played this year. Uh, you know, there's probably one the last couple of years, but that has that type of makeup offensively. So it's going to be an interesting test because we, you know, there's so much in this league that comes down to matchups, and if you catch the right one on the right week. You know this Bills team is talented enough and and well coached enough to to take advantage of you know the right matchups, but I just don't know. You know if if either of those teams are going to be the right matchup. I don't know. It's uh, it's a little tough to say without having too much to draw on when comparing mm-hmm. you know those teams. Let's um, hand out some awards uh, because I'm sure. Folks are probably not all that up on commiserating through this loss, and want to want to maybe maybe go on with the rest of their weekends and their weeks, especially with with the holiday coming up. So let's uh, let's get into it, huh? Um, first off, the Matt Barkley Award for the pleasant surprise of the game gotta be for the Bojo Revenge Game, right? Corey Bohorquez pinning the Patriots to their half yard line in the first half, which spurred on the 17-play, eight-minute, soul-sucking field goal drive that probably should have 
stolen some souls, but I think it did of some Bills fans. But uh, not of the Bills. They were able to bounce back from that. But he had a great game overall. High-timed high, uh, hang times. You know, all in all, a, uh, a great, great game for him. And seemingly out of nowhere. Bojo out of nowhere. He played well. He's been punting, I think, better than the numbers would indicate. Yeah, that's probably right. He, I mean, he punts in a awful stadium to punt in for his home games with all the wind mm-hmm. and i think he's he's making some steps in the right direction some punter talk punter talk that i bet nobody was ready for uh, he, I, I mean i feel for for bojo you know my shtick coming up short in his revenge game I know. maybe he'll get another chance he's over in his revenge games mm-hmm. uh since since switching sides in this rivalry you want to hit me with uh a Dre Archer award for the player that did not show up today? Mm, I'm going <laughs> to... I'm trying to decide if this guy is a Dre Archer or a... How about you You pick which award goes to him? I don't... I don't I'm not going to... How about I, I tell you the name okay. and, and we have to We can it decide out. it, sure. Jordan Phillips. Oh. Uh, not thoughts. Not a not a great game for for Jordan Phillips, and the reason I was thinking perhaps Vontae Davis is because particularly at the end of the game, to have the penalties that he had, including the unsportsmanlike conduct, which he said was because seventy six Isaiah Wynn, I believe that is, headbutted Shaq Lawson, and Jordan Phillips said something to the ref, which he claims was very polite, and I'm sure it was. <laughs> uh, he said he politely told him that that guy needed to be off the field. I'm thinking there may have been some more colorful language, but who's to say? Yeah, we have no way to prove that. Not uh, a penalty you need to be taken uh, to give the Patriots an easier kickoff. And I'll probably I'll, overall I'll, not as and I you know without having watched that's why I say it's hard to, for me to say Dre Archer award that he didn't show up at all because I'd have to go back and watch. To be sure that um, you know he didn't have a whole overall. I, I recall bad him game, making but. a play in the first half, so therefore I'm willing to give him the Vontae Davis award because it was that that drive where yeah. he felt like it felt like he came up short, and he got he got a bit of a workload today. He too. did, he did. He was out there for 62 percent of the snaps, 46 out of 74 snaps, uh, according to my little spreadsheet. So eh, maybe off by a snap or two, but still. Um, yeah, it's been been mostly correct. So yeah, uh, not not that uh, not that great of a second half for him. All right, let's think of uh, a Dre Archer award to the player that did not show up today. I'm gonna go ahead and give that to Lorenzo Alexander. Um, when the Patriots hit their stride in the first half and uh, with their touchdown drive, everything changed for them when they started to put Lorenzo Alexander on the field. The uh, the first three plays um, when he was out on the field was a seven-yard run by Sony Michelle, a 12-yard run by Sony Michelle, a six-yard run by Sony Michelle. And then uh, by that point, they were pretty close in there. They wanted to keep him on the field. Not a great um, sideline-to-sideline guy anymore. Uh, it, just, it just was a bit of a tough time for him. And didn't really see any discernible pass rushes from him when he was in on those situations. 
Yeah, and he played 50% of the snaps, according to my uh, my little spreadsheet here. So uh, would have liked to see more from him in such an important game. So I'll, I'll go with Lorenzo. And he, we don't really talk about him much, but I think that's an area that they need to upgrade in the offseason. Yeah, he's nearing the end, he is. I would say. Yeah. And he's had a, a heck of a career, and he's still important in the room, and he can still be okay in the right role, but that role is not being on the field often. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine. But like you said, they probably need to upgrade uh, in the yeah. offseason. Yeah. Uh, all right. Time for some Command Darlene Awards, uh, which, by the way, the namesake is, uh, is a, a potential for this week, even though I'm not going to give it to her. Out of nowhere, she's like, seriously, with the Taco Fall stuff at the Celtics game? It's like, come on, Darlene. Yeah. Like what? What the hell, man? Yeah, it's let just, me live. Yeah, let let taco fall enthusiasts do what they love. Right. It's it, it just knock it off. Didn't, yeah, knock it the hell off. But I'm gonna do it, especially to, in this holiday season. Yes, in this climate. Right. In this economy. Come on. <laughs> uh, we all need something to pull for. Yeah, and in Boston, it's taco fall getting a dunk with two minutes to go. It actually is cool listening to the whole arena chanting for taco fall. It's. it's It was one of my highlights of my garden experience. Um, But I am going to give it to the Bills. And they're... You're going to have to be more specific (laughs) than that. (laughs) I'm going to give it to their personnel decision-making by putting Trent Murphy out there as much as they do. The dude just doesn't have it anymore. I mean, he's not an asset rushing the passer he's not as good of a run defender anymore and the fact that he led the defensive ends in snaps today playing over 70 percent more snaps than Shaq Lawson more snaps than Jerry Hughes what are you doing here I mean he's clearly not doing much for you I I suppose I have to go back and watch but if his previous I don't know 14 games are any indication or 13 games I should say because he was great with in week one if the previous 13 games are any indication it's not someone that should be out there getting as much time as he is and it's very clear to me that Shaq Lawson is the superior player and should be getting ample opportunities Jerry Hughes better player than Trent Murphy I think it's very safe to say that so I just I just don't I just don't get the stubbornness there same thing with not putting Ed Oliver out there. And that won't be my... Come on, darling. This one is all about Trent Murphy. But, like, what... I get Jordan Phillips has nine and a half sacks. But you are not watching defensive line play if you think Jordan Phillips is having a better season than Ed Oliver. And I get the, the stats are there. But, but how about these for stats? Ed Oliver is facing more double teams on fewer snaps. He's... Winning against double teams at triple the rate of Jordan Phillips. And he's also winning his one-on-ones at a higher rate than Phillips is. Very clear to me who the better player is there. So I, I would just let the rookie go out and eat. He's he's great. He's going, looks like going to be a great player. So I just, I just don't get it. So come on, Darlene, to the Bills for deciding to put Trent Murphy on the field as much as they did today. I've got to say, I think... We're lucky that we have the playoffs for this reason. 
the the commander lean bracket is uh is kind of soft this year what i think what the hell are you talking I, about that's, that's how i'm that's my initial thought i haven't even looked at it but my you don't even know what's on there is that we're missing we had a lot of juice last year <laughs> and this year i'm worried about i'm worried to see it i, I don't even want it. it's hang on it's kind of like not yeah. at the athletic, but at old places where I worked, where you were like, I don't even want to look at the comment section. I'm kind of like, I don't even know if I want to look at this. Come on, Darlene. Brady. Well, don't I don't we, know if I'm proud of. Don't the, we have what something we to do with a urinal at one point? We do. All right, I know, we had some good ones, but anyways, bring us back. I don't know that I'm going to be doing that. So that's just me lowering the bar here before <laughs> before I jump in. But and we already touched on this a little bit, but I. I I feel the need to to pile on it and come on, Darlene, to those signaling the end of an era in the AFC East and fanning the flames that this was it, that the Patriots were done. I would think you'd you'd learn at some point to not do that. And I don't know what the breakdown was, but I know there was some of the 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 big experts on on CBS. Plenty of people locally picking the the bills. I mean, people around here, but that's what they do. They they hate on twelve win seasons, like it's their job, and in some ways it is. But mm-hmm. don't get too far ahead of yourselves. He with hole in pocket feels cocky, as they say. <laughs> Confucius say, after all. Oh, this is no. a, this has been uh, oh, no. quite the season for it's the Bills. It's the holidays, Matthew. <laughs> it's been quite the season for the Bills. Um, I, I actually I don't really blame fans because that's what fans do, right? They they get really excited about things and they get carried away, and that's fine. But to those fanning the flames of this could be it. This could be when the Bills do it. Let's let's pump the brakes recalibrate and let's not be you know spelling doom and gloom for the patriots every december and at at the same token that is also not a take to spell doom and gloom for the bills either exactly they both things can be true where the patriots are still really freaking good which they are and the bills can still be really good and ascending all things are true here it's just the bills just aren't consistent enough to come away with victories in these types of games yet. And maybe one day they will be, but they're not there yet. And that's okay. It really is okay. And I know fans are going, it's not okay. I want to win now. And I get it. I get the frustration because it's been a long time and you want to be a contender, but. But they are. They are. In a sense. They're in the playoffs. And they're in the playoffs and they might even win a game. And the other thing is, the road to the Super Bowl might not go through New England. Mm-hmm. Somebody else could beat them. It's not as if they're a shoo-in for the Super Bowl. Could be Baltimore and then Kansas City. But I just think to watch the way this offense has played all season and then to say, oh, they're going to go in there and knock off the number one defense in football at Gillette Stadium. Mm-hmm. And overthrow the Patriots in the AFC East was a bit premature. Yeah. So pump the brakes and hope that 
somebody can can knock this team off and that the road doesn't go through Gillette Stadium because this is not this place has not been kind to the Bills. Mm-hmm. As lovely as it is, as nice a structure as it is, it has not been kind no. to these Buffalo Bills. One day it will be, but maybe today was not that day. All Law right. of averages says one day it will be. Yeah, but you never know. Yep. And they've been working against maybe the Bills Jarrett for Stidham is the next Tom Brady. Yeah, or maybe he's not. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's the next EJ Manuel. Who's to say? <laughs> Who is to say? They're they're pumping Jarrett Stidham's tires here, so watch out. Mm-hmm. Once Jarrett Stidham is here playing quarterback, then you can talk about the Bills coming in here and winning. Mm-hmm. Until then, relax. It doesn't have to be Jarrett Stidham. It could be anyone. Other no, than... it has to be Jarrett Stidham. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm so I, sorry. I make I made the rule. <laughs> That's true. It's my rule. I apologize. Jared Stidham or a quarterback of equal or lesser value? (laughs) Of which there are a lot because Jared Stidham is the next Tom Brady, as they say, around here. I don't think that anybody's saying that, but I'm just saying this this building. Watch the Patriots mess around and have like Marcus Mariota as their quarterback next year. If or it Brady, could just be Tom Brady. If Brady go, if he goes elsewhere, that's what I'm saying. Anyway, all right. Uh, so that will conclude our episode here this evening. Um, little brief announcement: uh, we will not have any new shows for you leading up to the Jets game, and I can't imagine you're going to want a matchup breakdown of a There's starter thing really to starter break down, resting yeah. game. Um, Matt Barkley's second stand, or will likely be Matt Barkley's second stand against the Jets, but uh, it's it's the holidays. We hope you all enjoy the holidays with you, your loved ones, and uh, and yeah, and just shake this shake this loss off. We know it's it was a tough one, tough one to take, but takes solace in the fact that the Bills are still in the playoffs, and that much isn't changing. The only thing is now that's a guarantee is that they're going to be play the first, playing the first weekend of the playoffs, probably in Houston. So it should be fun. Okay, so for Matthew Fairburn, my name is Joe Piscalia. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Buffalo Beat. And by the way, if you want just one other little piece of uh, podcasting to put in your life before the, the end of 2019, be sure to check out The Athletic's Best of 2019, which is a look at uh, the very best stories that uh, were written across our company this year, and they are all live and unlocked, and our own Timmy Graham um, is on that list. Uh, So it's the 30 best stories of the year, along with some standout podcasts, and it's free all through the end of the year. All right. Thanks, everyone. Um, Enjoy the holidays, and we will talk to you after the Jets game to figure out who the Bills will be playing and how it's going to shape up for them. All right, guys, talk to you then. See you.